Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Welcome back to the Fan Bros Podcast, the first episode of 2021. The off-season installment. We're getting right into it. We're not touching fantasy football yet. We're touching touching real football. Get get you all acclimated, maybe catch up on the off-season. But before we get into that, we're going to start ripping our salts live. So here we go. Lisa Salter's special. <laughs> Whoa, baby. Oh, oh. <laughs> pungent. Oh. Ooh, the sweet ammonia. And no, we didn't just bust some nuts. That is pure smelling salts to Absolute the dome. Absolute ammonia smelling salt. So, our oh. first two episodes are going to be, number one, the AFC off-season recap. Free agency and draft things that might affect the upcoming season. Next, we'll go to the NFC. Hunter, start us off. 2021, baby, we're back. We're going right into it. Bunch of off-season moves it's getting kind of weird. It looks like it's the new regular doing so much offseason moves. But we're going right into the AFC East, into the powerhouse. Who would have thought going into the last year you finished saying that? The Buffalo Bills. AFC Championship favorite this season. And they made some moves. Now, not, not Nothing too crazy. They let John Brown go. They re-signed or signed Isaiah McKenzie. They signed a Houston favorite, Taiwan Jones. Oh, baby, Taiwan. And um, they stirred up the offensive line. But other than that, you know, they added some defensive pieces, re-signed some people, Matt Miliano. They're pretty much the same squad. So, I mean, nothing's changed. Not not a whole lot. They also signed Emmanuel Sanders, but I think he's pretty irrelevant. So, all I see is pretty much a run back of the same pass heavy and what should be a strong attack. For the Buffalo Bills heading into this season. Josh Allen looking for another primal year. We're absolutely, talking top five Absolutely. Again. And there's even some room for regression and that offense to still be upper echelon. Oh. So the Bills are nice. No John Brown. You got to assume Stephon Diggs gets a lot more. A lot of the same for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. We're, no, no funny business this episode. We're getting you caught up. So next one, we're going right into the Miami Dolphins. Now, interesting signing. They did sign Jacoby Brissett. Now, Tua did struggle a little bit his rookie year. That could be something that plays into factor because they have a wide receiver core right now. It is filthy when you think about it. Oh, I mean, Will Fuller, first of all, I mean, he's going to serve his PD suspension, or not PD, whatever you want to get into, but he's there. Mac Hollins is re-signed. Devontae Parker's still there. I mean, they're pretty much stacked to the gills right now. Absolutely, and they bring in Jalen Waddell, top 10 pick from Alabama, who's a deep threat speedster. He's kind of like Will Fuller when we look at it. So they've Mm. got two speedsters. Two burners. Still have Devontae Parker. Still have Mike Gusecki. The quarterback's the only question marker there, really. Yeah, and they shirt up almost everything that they was questionable. The defense didn't really hold up towards the end of the year, but they got a Houston favorite, Bernardrick McKinney. They signed defensive uh, defensive tackle Adam Butler. They got our linebacker, Brennan Scarlett. Uh, they've got McCourty there on a one-year deal. They're looking like a defense that you might pick up at the end of the draft, and it could pay off. Definitely, and their arrow's pointing up in general. So, the Miles Gaskin, it looks like he might still be the lead dog. It comes down to the quarterback, but weapons are all over in Miami. Don't forget Ahmed Salvan. Oh, you. baby. Oh, baby. He was nice for us a little bit. but <laughs> That's a joke. It's Miami, arrow pointing up would be the best guess. Yes. Let's go to the New England Patriots, who we've always seen as a really dynamic team. Not so much last year, but this year gets interesting. They bring in Mac Jones in the first round of the draft, and they also have Cam Newton. 
Both of those guys are so different. Mac Jones is a pocket passer. Cam Newton is more of a rushing threat. So that offense could look different. But we bring in Mac Jones. We keep James White. Uh, at wide receiver, they bring in Nelson Aguilar, who was really good for the Raiders last year. Nikhil Harry has officially requested a trade. I don't think he's going to factor in in New England. And they bring in two nice tight ends. Oh, do they? They bring in... I was favoriting Johnny Smith to actually have like a crazy breakout season this year for the Titans. They let him walk out of the building. I think that's a big mistake. But they got Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, two literally top 12 physical talents at tight end. Now, they've not panned out to be top 10 essentially fantasy-wise, but two really good tight ends. They, they sure up their wide receiver core. They bring in Nelson Aguilar... Kendrick Bornhub and Marvin Hall. So, I mean, they're pretty stacked right now. They almost did a, a whitewash of their whole offense and bring it back some some funk. I mean, they look like they could actually be an offense this year. So, yeah, I mean, they couldn't be much worse than last year. They don't have any spectacular additions, but the tight ends are nice. We'll get into that in our future episodes. They have some pieces that might be enticing. If Mac Jones takes over, that passing game could be average to above average. And at running back, it looks like the Damian Harris show. James White's still there, but those are the only guys that are really competing for carries. Rex Burkhead left this year, so the Patriots should be better than they were last year. Oh, and to touch up, they signed a bunch of defensive defensive talent. They re-signed people they liked, and they brought in a bunch of people. So this is looking like one of those defenses that is going to be fantasy relevant this year. And that's all we're going to leave it at. Definitely so. Now, the last team in the cellar dwellers of the AFC East, the New York Jets. They bring in the new quarterback, Zach Wilson. I don't think that means a lot for them as far as being a good team in fantasy goes. They bring in Keelan Cole and Corey Davis at running back, as well as Tevin Coleman. Hunter, do you like any of those? I'm still kind of out on those guys, but it's some interesting names that got added. I like Elijah Moore, their draft pick wide receiver for a dynasty value, but and other than that, I'm not really into anything they've got going on. I mean, I'd look keep my eye on Elijah Moore because he's very dynamic, but it's hard to be dynamic when you're surrounded by trash. I agree. So they bring in Zach Wilson. Maybe that juice is up, Jameson Crowder and the receivers, but it's really just an addition of Tevin Coleman, Keelan Cole, and Corey Davis, as well as Tyler Croft at tight end. But early, early thoughts are... Nothing that we really want to dive into in fantasy. Let's switch up divisions. We're going AFC North, talking to the the Baltimore Ravens. Here we go. I mean, they, they bring in, they sign Gus Edwards, not bring him in. They keep him in the building. They bring in Sammy Watkins. They bring in a random tight end. I'm not going to say his name because Mark Andrews is the tight end there. It does not matter. But on offensive tackle, here's something to note. They ship out Orlando Brown, and they bring in Juwan James, the actual... Man, I feel bad. The guy that tore his ACL for the Broncos, they didn't get him the extension. Ravens are putting a risk out there signing him, and they're doing a risk signing Villanueva from the Steelers. Steelers said he's washed. They don't want him. Baltimore said, okay, come over here. We're running the ball. So that's something to keep your eye on, honestly. Yeah, the Ravens, they look like they rebuilt their offensive line. They could be a run-heavy two-set guys. Mark Ingram's gone, so Dobbins is the early season workhorse looking like. Gus Edwards is still there. They also draft in the first round Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. He is an excellent receiver. We're really high on him. But does that mean fantasy value for the Ravens? We'll get into that in our later episodes. But they bring in some new weapons. It'll be an interesting one to watch. Yeah. And then let's go right into the Bengals. Man, the Bengals, they're they're probably the bottom of this division. But it's looking really up. I mean, Joe Burrow looked really good for a rookie quarterback on a top 
three bottom team. I, don't, I said that reverse. One of the worst three teams in the NFL. He looked good. He was moving the ball around. Really didn't translate to a lot of touchdowns, but he was moving the offense. They He's going to be healthy supposedly by week one. They bring in backup quarterback Brandon Allen. Not really a big worry about that. They bring in Shimaji Pirine, a college superstar. They uh, signed Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, off of uh, off of the waiver wire. But other than that, they look good because of their first-round draft pick, which is... Jamar Chase, who is a very talented receiver from LSU. He sat out this last year, his college season. He opted out, and he still goes top six in the draft. He's a very talented guy. So we have him, T. Higgins, and we have Tyler Boyd. And then if Joe Burrow returns early, I think this has a good chance to be a good offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that you're really going to draft Joe Burrow this year. I mean, he might be like someone you pick up on the second half of the season because he's actually starting to put games together. But this looks like a team that could upset some folks. I mean, they brought some defensive players over. They, they look like they could they could upset some folks that are going to be sleeping on them. So. Definitely. I think the Bengals are going to be better than in recent memory and maybe even pointing up as the year progresses. And my new favorite team now with the Texans being washed out, the Cleveland Browns. They are. They look to still be dominant. They kept everybody in-house. They kept Kareem Hunt. They kept Rashad Higgins. I mean, they, they even brought in McKinley, the pass rusher. I mean, they're looking, they're looking stout and looking to run it back. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs. I mean, honestly, they were very close to beating the Chiefs. Granted, Chiefs Patrick Mahomes was hurt. They had the back. Was it Chad? Chad Henney? Chad Henney. In, in there, but, man, they look stout to run it back again. They do, and uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham returns. He's kind of a forgotten man. He might factor into fantasy, but that offense should look like it did last year, and it could be another two-headed monster with 1A Nick Chubb, 1B Kareem Hunt. We'll touch on that in our later episodes if you can really bank on that offense supporting two running backs, but they bring back a lot of the same guys and even add, and we think that they've got a chance to be a pretty good squad. Yeah, I honestly think they're going to keep the dual-headed attack, but again, we're going to break all the fantasy implications in the upcoming episodes after the NFC episode after this one. So the last team in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have been down more than we've seen them in a long, long time. As far as moves go, they didn't do a whole lot outside of retaining Juju Smith-Schuster, and they drafted Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, in the first round, who is a big, bruising back. He should step into a heavy workload early. Now the question with the Steelers hunter is going to be, do they continue to pass way more than they should, like last year? Or are they going to be more of a run-heavy team? I don't know what you think, but they keep most of their guys and bring in a pretty good running back. I, I'm leaning towards the running attack. They spent the first-round pick on Najee Harris. They're having Zach Banner come back off injury. He didn't even play last season, and they were dominant. They had a potential run at an undefeated season without one of their staples on the offensive line. So I think they're going to be running the ball a lot more this year. Let's see. They also brought in the uh, Pro Bowler Turner, Trey Turner, yep. from uh, I think this is the Chargers. Yeah, he was on the Chargers, on a bunch formerly of Carolina. Yeah. He's yeah. a good guard. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. I think they're going to be running the ball a lot more because if they watch any tape on Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to understand we need to run the ball. So let's go right into the dirty, dirty AFC South. Let's go with the bottom dwellers going for the number one pick again. I don't even know if we have a number one pick. The Texans, you know, they bring in Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll. They they have a four-headed monster at running back. They have Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. So 
what do you, what do you before we even touch anything else? What do you think about that? As far as that goes, I mean, it's a bunch of okay guys, but if Deshaun Watson is not starting, and it seems like he will not, maybe, maybe something changes. If so, this looks like just an offense to avoid. I like Philip Lindsay probably the best, maybe him or David Johnson, but man, that's a mess in the backfield and wide receiver. It's Brandon Cooks, and that's really it. Yeah. Uh, only other notable wide receiver would be Nico, the guy they brought in from Michigan. He's he's actually decent. He sat out last year, too. Potentially going to be a top two round pick. Sits out. Doesn't really pan out. He goes out in third. But the other one is Chris Conley, which hasn't really done much. He's been a hype receiver. He had that bomb touchdown for the Jaguars week one two years ago. Hasn't done shit since. So, well, nothing really to watch for the Texans. I would avoid all fantasy implications with the Texans. It is trending that way. So next up is a team that's interesting and probably not in a great way, the Indianapolis Colts. They bring in Carson Wentz, which this, you know, Carson Wentz will really determine what this team is in reality and fantasy, whether they, you know, are good or bad. Jonathan Taylor looks like a sure thing to lead that backfield. They keep T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman still there. Other than that, there's not a lot of change. They look to be more the ground and D team, but they bring in Carson Wentz, and that's interesting at the very least. They did bring in Eric Fisher, the really banged up Chiefs lineman that has been good at times, but recently not so much. And they bring in an old Texan that actually put it together with the Browns, I believe, last season, Julian Davenport. So they kind of reassured that already solid offensive line. All that's telling me is Top is going to be putting that ball into the gut of the backfield. So that's all that's telling me, really. Yeah, T.Y.'s washed. Um, they didn't really have any. Their, their rookie wide receiver last year didn't do anything. Uh, what was his name? Michael Pittman. Michael he, Pittman. Was okay, he was okay, but not, but not anything not, fantasy Not relevant. anything fantasy. Paris Campbell was hurt again all last year, so um, not really much to watch for, but JT is a first-round draft pick, in my opinion. I, I know we're not so. trying to touch fantasy, but he's going to go. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is looking good. And in the next, uh, the, I think the last one of the – no, we got two more. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, they're interesting because they officially have nobody that you want to draft after the, the Travis – how do you say it? Travis Etienne. Etienne. After they pick him in the first round, there's about no pieces on there you're looking for. They bring in Tim Tebow at tight end. They have Philip Dorsett, Farrell Cooper, Marvin Jones. So they kind of revamp that wide receiver core. They keep Carlos Hyde signed there. So it's really just, well, you got to wait and see with that one because I'm not all in on on anything that the Jaguars are doing right yeah, now. Yeah, so the really big note is Trevor Lawrence coming into town. Now, do we think he's going to light the world on fire? Maybe not early. We're, we're not really super thrilled about him. He's a great player. So Jacksonville might be better in a couple of years than this year. But, yeah, they bring in ETN, so he and James Robinson will be a discussion later for us, which running back is more valuable in fantasy. As far as receivers go, it's still Chark and a bunch of kind of just okay guys. So they bring in some interesting young pieces, but it's not an immediate upgrade to them to be a, just a really strong team. And he gives me shades of like Josh Allen, where he has all the talent, and I just don't think it's going to work his rookie season. But I do, two, three years down the line, I do think he's going to be actual a QB1. He's just, he throws it so good, but it's just, you're on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I can't really say much as a Texans fan, but it's not going to work. Yeah, and Urban Meyer's a coach. It's a complete revamp. There might be a lot of growing pains on that side. So, last team in the AFC South is a really underrated one of late, and they should be even better, the Tennessee Titans. 
The big move is they bring in Julio Jones to go beside A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill on the offense. So the offense looks to be primed to be explosive. All the guys who have been good should be good again. And Julio Jones is a big boomer bust. If he can stay healthy, that offense has a whole new element. Yeah, they even bring in Josh Reynolds, and so their their whole thing, their whole wide receiver core is almost kind of revamped. Corey Davis is out. They're bringing in Josh Reynolds, Julio Jones. They ship out Johnny Smith. They promote Anthony Frisker, who's a really good blocking tight end. And they're going to have Taylor Lewan returning, and they signed Kendall Lamb, which is a kind of do it all offensive lineman. So they're looking like they're going to run the ball even more this season. Even though they just traded for Julio, I think they're going to run pretty hard still. I don't think it's going to be a 50-50. I think it's still going to be like a 75-25. Yeah, that's which a, that's which a great They make it work. They, it's crazy that Ryan Tannehill is still fantasy relevant with Derrick Henry getting like 700 carries of the past two years. And that's legitimate 700 carries in the past two years. That's yeah, insane. definitely. And that's going to be an offense to watch going forward for sure. So let's move to the AFC West. And first is a team that's probably not that inspiring. We won't spend too much time. Denver Broncos. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. He and Drew Locke will compete. This is assuming they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, but we're not going to get too deep into what ifs. So Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke at quarterback. They let go of Phillip Lindsay, who's now on the Texans, and they bring in a guy, Javante Williams from UNC, who's a good running back. Don't get us wrong, but that kind of makes he and Melvin Gordon kind of a two-man backfield, which we don't love. Cortland Sutton is probably the only interesting option at receiver. And at tight end, what what do you think of Noah Fant? I, I like Noah Fant. I, physically, like we talked about it, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, he's probably a top 12 actual talent at the position. Now, whether that will translate to a fantasy season is got to be on the offense and the quarterback. I like him, but he's going a little bit too high for me. And, and my mocks that I've done so far, but I do like Noah Fan as a player. He's really good. He's probably the only person worth looking at right now from an early look on the Broncos. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the AFC favorite right now. I mean, Patrick Mahomes' ankle looking really good. I don't know if y'all saw that weird workout video of him getting chased around and a little and on the turf, but he's looking mobile. He's looking ready to go. They signed Jarek McKinnon, which is a nice little flavorful touch for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They let Le'Veon Bell go, right? Yep. And they, uh, they're they bringing Demarcus Robinson back in. They signed Blake Bell. So, I mean, they're really, they're kind of shoring up things that they didn't like. Kyle Long is now on the uh, the Chiefs. So, I mean, they're they're just stronger than they were before. It shouldn't affect any of the actual starters. Uh, Tyreek, Travis, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. None of those should be affected by any of the things they did, but uh, they're looking solid. Yeah, there's not a lot to really touch on other than we're going to see more of the same, which is they are one of the best offenses in the league. We want more Chiefs than not, and we'll break down their specifics as we get later. But they look to be the same with potentially a better offensive line. The Las Vegas Raiders are the second-to-last team on in this division, and their first big move they did was they brought in Kenyon Drake, which is terrible for Josh Jacobs' owners. The entire season I had Josh Jacobs... I had to worry about all the weird running backs they'd bring in there for weird reasons. They literally brought in three other running backs regularly during the regular season while Josh Jacobs was potentially dominating. I mean, the, the, the line got hurt real quick, and they still made it work. Preseason, the line looked like it was going to be the best line in the league. Things happened. He Josh Jacobs still had a top 12 season, but now it's going to be very iffy because they actually have a really good backup. So... We will see how that pans out, but 
That's it's going to be shaky at first. They bring in John Brown, which is going to be their number one outside option to replace Aguilar. They still have Rugs there, but it's just I think it's going to be a big season for, for for John Brown. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a good opportunity. He walks into a lot of open targets. It'll be an interesting offense. John Brown and Rugs are deep threats. Derek Carr is usually a checkdown maestro. Does he open it up? Uh, I'm not really sure, but that offense has a little more firepower. It should be trending upwards, but yeah, the RB situation is not ideal for fantasy. I, I didn't even know that Nick Nick Martin signed with the Raiders. Okay, that's... oh gross, just a washed up <laughs> offensive lineman of the Texans, one that we've known all too well. Wow, I did not even. That's good to look at though. That's why we do these things. Yeah, the last team there is the LA Chargers, who had a good offensive year last year. Pardon me, Justin Herbert looked really good. So as far as people they still have, most of the same. It's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside. They do lose Hunter Henry. Those targets got to go somewhere. We're not sure where. And at running back, it looks like they trust Austin Eckler because they don't bring in a whole lot of help. Yeah, no. they Again, they brought in Jared Cook, which I think will get a bunch of those targets that, that left. But again, they kept the same core. They didn't even really change the offensive line. The offensive line was actually surprisingly pretty decent for for Herbert. Um, but yeah, other than that, they're pretty much the same. Nothing too crazy on defense. They bring in Christian Covington, old Texan, but he's not even that good. But they're, they're probably going to be a top 10 offense this season, I'm projecting. They're going to be probably top 10 offense. Yeah, I think, again, they're a better offense than overall team, but that means a lot of fantasy points going forward. So we do like the Chargers as far as offenses go. They did bring in Joe Lombardi, the quarterback coach for the Saints the past five years. He's like a quarterback guru. And if you watch any of the uh, Charter stuff on their YouTube page or what they've put out, he looks pretty hands-on with Herbert. He's even had Drew Brees in the practice field kind of going over stuff with him. So I think that there's going to be major progression with Herbert. I don't think he's going to take a step back with his sophomore campaign. I think he might take a massive step forward. And if so, I mean, that's dangerous. He was already good. If he's better, that'd be pretty awesome to see. The last division, I believe that is all for the AFC. AFC. So next time we're going to touch on the NFC. Just some quick hitters. Who are your favorite offenses in the AFC? I think the Chiefs are still number one, I would say. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm thinking there's there's quite a few people. The Browns, the Bills, the mm-hmm. Chargers. Who, who are some that you like, like and why? I like, uh, I've touched already, I like, really like the Chargers because Mike Williams, I mean, he's not put it together of recently. Joe Lombardi has come out on paper and said that he is the ex-receiver He's gonna be a lot of. He's gonna get a lot of targets, and he's gonna have a big season. So if he stays healthy, he's done it before. Where he's had a thousand yards, not a lot of touchdowns, and he's done it where he's had not a lot of yards and multiple touchdowns, 10, 10 touchdown season. I think this is the year where if you draft Mike Williams, it's gonna pay off for you because I think that offense is gonna be zooming. Other than that, I I like the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens. But those are all the ones that everybody already knows and loves and is drafting their players super high. That's so. true. And who I would go with would be low-hanging fruit, but the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, yes. They were already very stout. They could produce a great wide receiver one in A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, more of the same. They add Julio Jones. If he is healthy, that could be a whole new dynamic element. I like early early offseason, I like Ryan Tannehill in fantasy and real life going oh, into this year. He's going for his third season in a row being QB2 behind Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to think about. He literally, when since he stole the job for Mariota from this point forward, he's statistically fantasy 
QB2 overall. He's looking for a third year in a row, which would be insane because nobody views him like that as, or values him no, like that. No, he still gets disrespected. That's a shock to me that you say that stat. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. This was our AFC preview. We'll get you back in a few days with our NFC preview, and then we'll be going into a lot of pre-draft strategy and rankings. Everybody, good luck in 2021.